apparently millennials as a generation, which is a group of people who were born approximately uh, 1984 and after, um, uh, are tough to manage. And they're accused of being entitled and narcissistic, and self-interested, unfocused, lazy. But entitled is the big one. Surprise, motherfucker. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of the Casual Millennials podcast. It's your host, Andrew Jakubitz, a.k.a. Jakubitz. And I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Hess. Uh, it's just us today. So, Eric, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's Tuesday when we're recording this. Uh, both of us have kind of talked about how busy we are in our lives. So, it's nice to just sit down and have a conversation, that's for sure. Absolutely. Super excited to get this podcast started off. We've been talking about it now for like a month. Yep. So, we're, uh, we're ready to roll. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of back and forth between us. I'm glad we were able to get something on the schedule that works. And uh, I'm glad that you're listening to this right now because that means it got published. So <laughs> uh, let's just start off by giving the people kind of a background on, on what we talked about, what this podcast kind of came from, uh, and then what it's going to be like going forward, really. So I'll, I'll hand it off to you here, and then I'll jump in after. Sweet. So like Andrew said, my name is Eric. Uh, I started a company with friend of mine from high school and college. Uh, we are a digital marketing agency called Social Surge Marketing. Uh, my role there is kind of like head of accounts, kind of just director of business. And his role is pretty much everything else like marketing related. He does a lot of that work and I do a lot of the business development. Been doing that now for about two and a half years and been doing it full time for about a year and a half. Yeah, it's been crazy. I've been I've been following you guys since you guys pretty much started it, or I think maybe we ran into each other like right after you guys had started it, and I kind of uh, checked up on you. So yeah, I've been following you. It's been really good stuff. Um, part of the impetus behind you know me reaching out to you is kind of seeing the stuff that you're able to do, and and really kind of wanting to piggyback on that for sure. Uh, I am not the risk taker out of the two of us. Ironically, I am a uh, senior financial analyst at Pfizer. You know, I graduated Whitewater with a master's and bachelor's in accounting. Got my CPA. Took the safe route, uh, went in public, uh, went to a startup, and now I'm at a Fortune 500 company. So this podcast is kind of uh, an idea that came out of me to uh, think about what college students don't know about the real world. So you know that's kind of what we're hoping to get a lot of the talking points on, as well as just things going on in the world, going on in corporate America, going on with startups, or, or whoever we may have joined with us that day. Uh, and I think going forward, you know, one of the one of the awesome things about this podcast is we're going to be having guests on here a lot, and we'll be able to get really different points of views as well as opinions on everything. Yeah, definitely. And I really wish that I would have had something like this, graduated from college or even in college, to have something kind of guide me, talk me through what I should do or what I should even look for when graduating. Because I actually graduated with a finance degree from Whitewater as well. Was in the corporate world for about two years myself before I ended up taking the plunge. So. Being the risk taker. Uh, <laughs> it's the time to do it though. You know, your mid-20s, even your early 20s, you have so little, I mean, unless you have a lot of student debt or for some reason have a whole lot of money somewhere else, there's really nothing else holding you back from kind of taking that leap and starting something that you like, right? Oh, exactly. That's exactly how I looked at it. I mean, it was kind of, I don't want to say now or never, but this was the easiest and probably best time for it in my life. That's true. Yeah. I, that's how I think, you know, I host another podcast, The Bucks Leading Radio, and you know, I started that two years ago, um, not to make it to a career or even like necessarily create a business out of, but 
it kind of fed my creative and I would say entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. Can't say that word apparently. <laughs> uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. Um, and that's kind of what even jumpstarted this idea of actually creating an informational one that goes to a broader audience instead of just Bucks fans. So I think, you know, you and I kind of having those similar uh, feelings of, of what is the real world like, you know, what are, what is a career path that somebody actually took look like? Not necessarily the curriculum that school tells you you will do after you graduate. Uh, and then some of the mistakes that we made, maybe some of the mistakes that our guests made, you know, that you can hopefully learn from or at least see coming uh, if you're, you know, in those situations going forward. So it should be pretty cool, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be really fun to do this, you know, however often we do it. And yeah, just kind of just jump in with it. That is TBD as well for any listeners out there listening on the uh, cadence in which this will be released. But we'll get there. Um, one so step I guess, at a time. Yeah, one step <laughs> at a time. We got together. That's step one. Now we're recording step two. Uh, so let's kind of dive into this first episode, talk about us a little bit. You know, we kind of gave our backgrounds. But, you know, you went into corporate America. Now you're in, you know, your own business world. You're, you're, everything rides on you guys. You know, what is that pressure like compared to being at, I believe we're at what, if you want to say what company you're at beforehand, if not, um, you know, what's the difference like and how, how does that affect you personally and professionally? Yeah, well, I don't mind. Yeah, I was at Baird for about a year, a little bit over a year, and then Wells Fargo uh, for about a year as well. And completely different, like so different. You know, you get up whatever time, you get your nine to five, quote unquote. Um, it's not like that at all owning a business. You know, you're always on the clock. And maybe that's just because I'm a digital agency, but you're always on the clock. You always have to be answering calls, texts, being expecting that next call or text. And, you know, if you miss something like that, it could be missing an opportunity for, you know, the biggest client of your life. And we've proved that to ourselves by just randomly answering a call late at night one time and ended up being our now biggest client. So it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot different. You don't work traditionally nine to five, like I kind of just mentioned there. Um, What's it like, man? Does the pressure get to you that like this could all go under and I got to go back to corporate America? Does that scare you? Is it the, what if I fail? Like what, is, like, what scares you? Because I know something has to, right? Like I can't even imagine being in that situation. It, yeah, it definitely scares me. It's more along the lines of, it goes in flows, I guess is what I should say. You know, sure. there's weeks or months where I'm like, this is awesome. This is exactly what I signed up for, you know. <laughs> I, I finally might have made it. And then it takes a three-month regression where you're just getting dinged, losing the client. You know, I'm in one of the highest turnover rate industries, digital marketing. And, you know, we lost another huge client of ours to outsourcing to Indonesia. Mm. So it's just like things like that. Or another client of ours started, it's actually a pretty neat story, that why we lost her. So we started with a client where she had a, a person and a half of a team. Okay. She grew to seven people, got to the point where she could sell her practice because she wanted to focus more on her family. Mm. So we got her to that point, sold her practice, and then like kind of just terminated that relationship because of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a cool story, but also sad to be lost a client. But yeah, it's good for them, but yeah, like yeah. you're kind of just left out like that. Right, oh right. shit, now we're back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm digressing. It's definitely pressure. I feel that pressure. It's way different. You mentioned, you know, you feel the pressure and might need to go back to corporate America. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ever going to be for me again. I sure. think even if this were to fail, I think I would find a new thing to start up. I've learned so much in these last two and a half, three years. And it's, 
like more things than I ever thought I would have known. I never thought I would have been in a marketing agency, you know. Definitely, especially graduating with a finance degree. Right. <laughs> totally, you know, totally different. <laughs> and I picked the wrong one. I wanted a marketer, not the account. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Out of two of them. Uh, no. No, it's, it's been a wild path. You know, it's, yeah. I learned things that I never thought I would learn. And what I bring to the table other than the business development side of things is I helped pay for college by, I self-taught myself how to design websites. Um, which I don't know if a lot of people know that or not, but we offer like website design services and that's what I do. I entirely do that. And that is the only like piece of actual work I do <laughs> other than, you know, the business development side of things. And the books probably. Actually, I don't do that. What? Yeah. How did you get out of that? Like, uh, it's, we talk about that a lot. Kevin <laughs> and I, and he, well, his wife's an accountant. Okay. So she uh, helps him a lot and just kind of made sense in that aspect. Sure. But yeah, I mean, man. there's a difference between finance and accounting. So, right, yeah, right. That's, fair. that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. fine yeah, about yeah. Doing it. <laughs> no, that, that's, does that answer your question? Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, just curious because I think, you know, I'm a big Gary Vee guy and I listen to him a lot. And, Same here. Yeah, I imagine you and your partner do. Um, but it's just curious because not too many people or not too often do you get into a room or now we'll be in a room more often, but. You know, I always think about that and I wonder about that, especially being at my old startup. My That was it, which at the point when I was there was, you know, had been around for a while, was well established and recently just got sold. So, you know, my CEO and owner was at a completely different point in his career as, a, as an entrepreneur, I guess you could say. So to find somebody so very young, but also succeeding at this point, is, it's kind of cool to get that perspective. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially when I just sit at the cube all day and <laughs> crunch numbers. Right, right. Well, no, talk more about you. Let's I mean, see. yeah. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you transition? Like, talk about your progression to where you are now. Let's do it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I went into accounting, not probably for the greatest reasons. It's because I knew I was good at it and I knew I could get a good job out of, out of college. So, you know, I was really focused on the safe route and making sure I was able to get an income. I could, you know, there was always going to be job security, essentially, as everybody always needs an accountant. And I decided to go into public accounting because I felt like there is no better time than when you're younger because it is a much bigger time commitment. It's a work commitment as much as it is a time commitment, I suppose, um, between busy season and then just trying to learn everything because you just get thrown to the weeds right away. So you know, I, I went into that and quickly realized it was not for me, uh, but stuck it out for two busy seasons I made it. And that's when I really heavily pushed into the job market and kind of stumbled onto my previous job, which was at a company called Technary. And, you know, there it was a tech startup with about a CRM built in the Salesforce, you know, just didn't even know what CRM was when I started there. And I had never heard of Salesforce before I got there. Uh, being in that startup life, though, taught me so much because it's, and you know this, it's very fast paced. You are working all the time. Even in my position, I was a, I came in at a staff account and got promoted a few months in and, and ended there as a senior accountant slash sales operation uh, specialist. I, I don't even remember what my what title <laughs> was there, uh, but I did so much. I not only did the books, um, we were moving toward from a cash to a gap basis. Um, I was helping our salespeople, not necessarily price deals, but make sure what they should focus on and where they could give breaks to that questions on. So, you know, we were really focused on our licensing revenue at the time. Uh, and I was also working on building controls and helping stop any errors from flowing through on any contracts as well as into our system uh, as that happened. So that 
was a great experience for me because it like taught me so much about you know being in that startup world as well as just it gave me as much as I could take on with somebody who like myself who wants to just learn as much as I can. Uh, you know, by the time I left there, I was basically Salesforce certified. So in eight months, I went from not even knowing about it to probably being able to become certified in the product. So that was pretty cool. And then from there, uh, once I found out, you know, there was a, a transaction happening with the company, I knew, you know, that was all going to change. And I wasn't sure how, and I wasn't even sure if it was going to change that much or when. But I kind of went in that kind of safety mode of like, I should find a different job. So I know my long-term security is there. And the opportunity at Fiserv came up, luckily got chosen to take on a senior financial analyst role, having never done a financial analysis. I've only strictly basically been accounting uh, for my whole career. So it's been uh, another interesting experience, kind of getting thrown into the deep end of the pool at Fiserv, which is, you know, $50 billion company or something like that. And, you know, the team that I work on, we manage the, our business unit does 1.5 billion in revenue. It's, it's wild stuff and there's a lot going on. So I'm just trying to learn a lot. I'm trying to keep my feet under me and I'm trying to keep creative things around me by doing things like this and leaning into my strengths, which are talking with people and hopefully creating things that you listeners or watchers out there are enjoying. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, my career path in, I wish, you know, looking back, I think when I graduated, I, I'm happy with where it went because it's I'm here now. But I think if you look at it, like I wish there would have been somebody, especially in accounting, it seems so reg, you know, regimented basically of like, you go to public, you stay there for X years, and then you get a controller position if you stay there long enough, and then you move into a director role, whatever it may be, kind of going from there. And that's like five, 10 plus years out, and we're in college, like who's thinking longer than a year, six months? Right. Out? So I think like if you look at it, or if, you, if somebody would have just sat down and like, hey, realistically, you can go and do accounting and then you can try finance and you can try shoot whatever you really want with any degree it's it's kind of interesting to see that and then i think you and i are both semi kind of proof of that no absolutely i've seen some pretty cool opportunities out there to just kind of piggyback what mm -hmm. you said i had a friend graduate um from milwaukee going in to get his master's and he got an internship i think at s.e johnson and he got into like a rotating position where he did it four months for each one for a year or whatever it was. And he ended up trying a different position in that company. You know, living in different areas for each position, getting a test out, not only different like demographics, but just everything about the company. It was, it was really cool to see him just evolve through that and talk to him at each time he went through one of those. And it seems a little bit more common. Like I've, I know a couple of people have done that. It's, I think everyone should have that opportunity to get to like almost pick a company they want and pick a few different positions through it in a perfect world. In know? a perfect world, yeah. I'm like, I'm like thinking about it, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> so <a> universal income. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, no, that is cool, yeah. And actually, Fiserv offers something similar. I don't know if the person necessarily travels for it, but they do like join different teams and do different stuff, which is, those are cool, I think, as well. Uh, real quick question that kind of popped in my head. What, looking back to yourself in college, actually, two questions. One, did you ever see yourself when you were going through your finance classes starting a company on your own? So it's always been the goal. Really? Okay. See that? I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. I thought you kind of just said, I'm done. No, um, it wasn't the goal at all to do a marketing agency. Sure. That one kind of fell in my lap. I'll get into that in a second. But it's always been the goal. Like I'm come from, I'm, I guess I'd be a third generation entrepreneur. 
Okay. Um, grandma did it. Dad did it. Like my whole life, actually, my business partner and I currently in high school, late high school, we were like buying iPhones, fixing the screens, like of cracked ones off Craigslist. Nice. And then just like selling them back on eBay or Craigslist for 10, 11 tenths of value, whatever sure. it was. So we did stuff like that. We'd go to rummage sales. So it's always been like Straight in our blood. Gary Vee. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Gary Vee before Gary Vee was cool. You know? <laughs> but yeah, so I guess I always saw that. I never knew what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up talking to Kevin just randomly. Him and I have been like really close for over 10 years now. And I went up to him and I was like, man, I, I can't handle this corporate life anymore. Like the nine to five isn't for me. I have business ideas. Like, what do you think? You know, I value his opinion on these types of things and just everything. Um, so I asked him, I gave him like three different ideas and he's like, well, that's a bad one. <laughs> this <laughs> one might be good. <laughs> and this one's okay. And then it actually happened to be like, after him and I got talking, he was starting something on his own a little bit, which I had no clue. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think he was kind of just trying to keep it on the low. And so it was basically like a, he was freelancing, but like as a marketing agency, just as himself okay. for a little bit and he just got into it. So it's kind of crazy the timing I had. Mm-hmm. So after like a few weeks of like just him and I talking back and forth about my ideas, I came to him and it was like, Kevin, why don't we just combine these ideas together and go on this together? And we talked about it because that's a big decision. So yeah. we talked about it just how that would happen. So strategically, logistically, like everything. And we decided that it made sense. Um, it was actually going to be like a marketing agency with also like sales consulting. Okay. And that was what I was going to bring to the table. But after a while, we just realized that that just didn't make sense. And we went full marketing agency. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that. Happened. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What would be, so like, if you think back now, you, I feel like you've gotten a good amount of experience in your belt though. Like what's one thing you wish somebody would have told you in college? One thing someone would have, I wish, so something that I was told a lot, I'll kind of flip this around. Something that I was told a lot is like how important it is to keep a job that you have and like you shouldn't leave that job. And I think that's kind of bullshit now. Okay. I think employers don't really look at you negatively unless they're super like old school. Okay. If you are at a job for only six months a year oh, sure. and it, then you leave mm-hmm. and it's cause you know, you know, that wasn't for you or whatever. You're not just sticking around forever and it's, you know, changing too with companies. They're firing yeah. people. They're not keeping them as long, stuff like that. So I think someone would have told me that that wasn't that big of a deal because I really, uh, I kind of like took the first job I got out of the gate too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was a good idea either. You know, I, so there's a lot of things I wish I would have done a little bit differently, but like you said, I am where I am now. All the things turned out great. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I went through that similar hurdle to get over as well in my last round of interviewing, uh, or I guess the last time I looked for a job, which was, uh, you know, in mid January, late or early February. And it was cause I was only at technary from, you know, last June till then. So, you know, it was probably about that eight, six, seven, eight month range. And everybody's kind of like, well, why are you looking for a job now? Kind of looking at me a little skeptically, I felt like in the few interviews I had, but I think it's just being able to articulate why you're leaving. Right. right? And I think that that's actually a really good point that you bring up is that the quote unquote job hopping that like I see all the time on whether it's LinkedIn or some, you know, CNN, Fox News, any sort of outlet that would really carry that it, it always 
like it just hits me a little wrong. I'm like, that's not really the case. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I've kind of quote unquote done it, but it's because I know I, what I'm looking for and I know what I'm a good fit for, you know, and that wasn't it. Right. And it's different too if you're doing that every year for five, six, seven years. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you do it once or twice, just because you got into the company that you didn't like, didn't yeah. agree with, didn't fit with, and you just didn't see yourself growing with or whatever it was there, like it's better to get out now than to waste your life there. Shit, or they sold it to you wrong. Like, I mean, I've heard of that happening or somebody, like, I'll talk to them and they're like, yeah, like, oh, you know, uh, right. they told me I was going to do this and I'm not doing that. And I'm like, well, why are you there still? Well, you know, I don't want to look at the job hopper. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. Right. You know, I, I just You can still exist. apply too, you know? Yeah. You can still apply. Shit. You can reach out to recruiters and just be like, I'm not actively looking, but if you find something that would fit me, reach out to them. Right. You know, I, I don't think that there's ever anything wrong with keeping more options open because I think... And I think maybe some of it is too. Do you think it's like people putting the company first or it's like maybe not seeing themselves as a priority in that scenario where the company kind of owns them? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I think, I guess that's a good, I don't know. It's a good question. I, so a that friend of mine that was, we were out, we got both got hired at the same time at Wells Fargo. Like okay. And he ended up leaving Wells for a different job. Okay, I you know let's just call company X. He was there for three months, like completely fractured his femur and had to like just be off of work for a month or two months, whatever it was. Okay, and he got back, and that's when I got hired to Baird. Okay, so I was working at Baird, and I was talking up to him, and he's like, "Man, that sounds like exactly what I want. I want to be there, but I think I owe it to my company to stick it out a few more months because they paid me while I was gone, and you know I just I feel like I owe it to them." So maybe if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, yeah. But think about that too. You know, he was in three different companies in around two years. That's true. But I think, yeah, that's. I, I think that's a good point. I think, yeah, maybe if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, right? Maybe that's just a sense of a quid pro quo. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Edit that. Out. <laughs> um, yeah, a sense of basically, you know, they helped me out. I'll help them out by being here. Yeah. But I think even some of that's then you just if you were to find a job that you like, then you help ease the transition. Right. That's where you are helping the company. By right. Saying, hey, I'll give you guys a month or I'll give you until you find a replacement, basically, if you're able right. to work that out. That's got to be really personal, like a personality-based thing, too. Probably. Some people give shit. Other people want to give them a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. They want to keep their reward or whatever they say they would give them or whatever that is. Yeah, who knows? Um, interested to hear this one. Pros and cons of the corporate world from your perspective. We can't Pro. keep it all totally negative. No, no, no. Man. Corporate world is great, Pros and man. cons. I love having a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> a steady two-week paycheck. Right? Benefits. So this is perfect timing for this. I turn 26 in two days. Nice. And I lose my health insurance <laughs> from yep. my mother. So uh, that's, a, that's a positive for the corporate world. It's a little daunting. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're young. You could probably run about it for a little right, while. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that was definitely a pro. Yep. Um, the people, having people around me that... I love the culture at Baird. You know, they did a lot of sure. cool events. They did a lot of just, like, fun things. They hired great people. Like, I have literally nothing bad to say about Baird. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. Like, I got... I got lucky with an awesome team, awesome people on my team. Um... Yeah, really nothing bad to say. I miss having people to like literally get up, walk five feet and talk to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I'm sitting in my house majority of the time now. You know, I have an office to use, but I don't need to be here every day. Right. I do when I have like a lot of work to get done and it's like heavy video editing stuff. A lot of times I have meetings I need to get to. 
calls I want to be on, you know, other places to be. So it's it's kind of tough to get here just for three hours, leave, come back, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, cons of a corporate America. Like that well, one, yeah, and then maybe not even cons, but why did what didn't you like about it? Um, I didn't like that there was someone signing my paycheck, even though I had a steady paycheck. Sure. You know, it was in someone else's hands. It wasn't on how hard I worked at it. That's what I got out. What's unique now, or just I like now, is if I put in 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week, 100 hours a week, I can tell. Mm-hmm. If I put in 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week, I can tell. It's completely different. You know, I sure. get a lot more out of it. Um, I get, you know, you can just see the dividends paying out of the company, too. You know, you work more, and you can definitely tell. And there's weeks where you work a shit ton more, and there's works for weeks where you can't, or, you know, you're not as motivated or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a... That, that's that's a kind of having so I guess that's a pro of corporate world is being there from nine to five and you have to be motivated you have to look busy and the best way to look busy is to be busy you know something makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's I'm 100% accountable for every action I take if I like look at my bed go play with my dog you know whatever it is it's, I pay those dividends myself now yeah that's fair yeah and I think, you know, I'll answer my own question here just because I was kind of thinking about it while you're talking. Uh, you know, and like, I obviously am still in corporate world, so I cannot be too candid. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get um, No, so I think like pros for me, I think, yeah, the paycheck's great. And, I, and I'm going to echo some of the things and the same things that you said. And that's, I don't feel like, especially because the, the, the role that I'm on is so focused on the performance of our business unit and the performance of the company. You know, I think there is some uh, some lack of connection between me necessarily caring more about how well we do because uh, it does not affect my bottom line at all. It affects the company's bottom line, potentially CEOs or C-level executives' bottom line. But I don't get paid a penny more or a penny less if we do better or worse. So there is some, I think, you know, lack of connection there. For me, anyway, I don't think a lot of people are necessarily as money-driven, maybe more vacation days or whatever it may be uh, to kind of drive those people's people to work harder. Uh, sometimes I think cons can be that you work 60 to 80 hours a week in some jobs and still get paid the same. So you, again, you don't get to see the dividends up that you kind of spoke to. Uh, but pros are the networking that you will get from just being in those companies as well as, you know, especially if you're in a more, communication role maybe not a data entry role but you know getting up walking around or having meetings with different people in different places uh, that I think is is very very helpful just in a career building especially when you leave and if you kind of keep those connections um, yeah I guess probably another benefits I turned 26 this month too so I get to <laughs> switch over to five serves uh, at the end of next month or at the end of this month yeah <laughs> get to pay for it um, <laughs> otherwise yeah I mean I think you kind of said a lot it's it's kind of interesting that you say all that, but the one thing that I feel like really bothered you the most is that it wasn't you signing your own paychecks. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what drives entrepreneurs, right? Like that's what it has to be. It's like, you just want to work for yourself. You want to be the accountable person. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a lot of getting that actual financial freedom and getting it, I don't want to say earlier rather than later, but like seeing it pay off earlier than later. Cause I still don't make nearly as much as I made at Baird. Yeah. You know, it's a fraction. Say a fraction, but less than half. Well, it's definitely a percentage. So you can always <laughs> say that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, man, it's it's just totally different. Um, something else too, I guess, would pro. I 
thought about this while you were talking, mm-hmm. is on the team I had at Baird, something that I thought was incredibly valuable was the upper management on that team, having those people to learn mm-hmm. from. Good point, yep. You know, like, while I may not have agreed with every single thing they did, I always took a step back and, like, process why they did it. Mm-hmm. What can I learn from that? Is that the type of boss I would someday want to be? Yep. Um, so that was super beneficial to me. from, And especially the team I had. The team I was on at Baird was, like, a top 50 financial, like, team, uh, FA team in the country. Um, so it was super interesting to be on a team like that where it was people on the team, I think it was 10 mil assets they had to have to even join, uh, to be a client of theirs. Mm-hmm. So it was super interesting meeting some of those people too and just working with some of the execs around Milwaukee and like bordering areas, you know, people that are millionaires, billionaires, I don't know, I think we're billion thinking back on it, but it was, it was crazy, really cool. That is soon to be guests on this podcast now that I know Eric knows them all. So perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, and then, sorry to, to cut you off if I did there, but you know, I wanted to jump in on one thing that you just made me think of it. That is working with people that have different strengths than you or work differently than you because you're able to kind of either learn from it or even sometimes take some of those things. Like, like I'm working with people right now who are very detail oriented and I personally am not. So, and understanding different ways to become better at that, uh, continuously working on it while also, you know, making sure I showcase that my strengths, whether it's, you know, writing things out and documenting a lot of different processes or, or running meetings or whatever it may be. So I think that, you, you know, maybe, and I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's just that it's you and Kevin, like you guys work together and that's it. You know, you kind of just have to rely on your strengths and really run with those things. Right. Yeah. So luckily with Kevin and I, we're so completely different in a lot of aspects that it is like having, you know, multiple people on your team where I, like you just mentioned, I'm really detail oriented. He's not, you know, he's a lot more creative than I am. I look at something and it looks the same this way or that way. You know, it's colors don't mean a lot to me. It's the exact opposite for him. So it's nice because he likes doing a lot of things that I don't and I like doing a lot where he does. When we have other people like you know, quote unquote, on our team, more like freelancers that work as we need them to that help us with uh, like graphic design, for example. Like we personally, either of us aren't like incredibly gifted graphic designers, but we do have people in our circle that are, you know, so it's just nice to have those. I guess that's more the thing too, is hiring people that can help you with the things that you're not good at Mm -hmm. or utilizing freelancers for things that you're not good at and you know. I think it's one of the worst things in the world when you know or maybe you don't know that you're not good at something you just keep trying and trying and trying and i guess like not trying to get better at it that's different but like yep. then actually giving that to clients that's that's not good <laughs> no exactly well i think you know obviously you and i are in two different spots with that but you're right it's it's that self-awareness aspect of knowing what you're good at what you're not good at and making sure you're able to put the pieces around you that fix that and i think you know that was again part of the reason i reached out to you because i felt like you and i have solid things that we are both good at, but I feel, you know, I, I have some experience in podcasting, you know, you have some experience in entrepreneurship as well as marketing and kind of those things, which are things that I struggle with. You know, my, I hardly market my, my other podcast. Uh, it's very minimal. The logos aren't great. They don't fit anything like they're supposed to, but you know, those are things that I'm good at. I don't necessarily have the time to invest in, to get better at those. 
But shit, I can run a great interview and you can go listen to those ones to prove that one. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, I think that's just what's important, what is important and, you know, really focusing on that stuff is great. Yeah, definitely. Finding partners in, I mean, business, life, whatever, that complement you. And I mean, that's why opposites attract and it really does, it, that makes huge sense to me. So why did you want to start a podcast? I thought it was a good opportunity to just kind of talk to new people as well, network. Sure. Um, get myself on more channels as well. That's a great resource for myself. Being able to create more content like this. I mean, <laughs> it's it's all about creating content in today's world. Like I tell that mm-hmm. to our clients all the time. Like one thing you should be doing is creating more content. Yep. And they, like a lot of times will say, well, the two responses would be like, oh, you're right. I need to create content. I don't do any. Or they think like, oh, I already created a bunch of content. And my first response is like, create more. Mm-hmm. Except for those very slim ones that actually are creating enough content. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. No, you're doing well. Good job. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's, it's all about creating content and this helps me learn about myself, corporate world. I mean, hopefully one day being an awesome boss, you know, actually being able to hire people. And that's, you know, that's another thing too. This is a little bit off topic, but I never want people I work with to feel like I'm their boss. I always want to be like straight playing field with people. Sure. You know, I think that's, that's really cool. That's one thing I guess I had like an, I didn't love about corporate America. And maybe that's because I was so low on the totem pole. Where, Especially at a company like Baird. Yeah, or Wells Fargo. Sure. Like you felt that, you know, you felt, and I don't want to say like they made you feel it, but sometimes, yeah. You know. yeah that's, I, that's maybe not a great work environment, but yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, there's deadlines that have to get done and I'm going to do them now, but I guess they're my decision. Sure. And that's, I always want people to feel it's their decision. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I don't know if you'll ever find an employee that thinks it's their decision. Mm-hmm. That is, you know what I mean? And I don't know. Helpful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I've never managed somebody that, so I can't ask it to them. I mean, it's one thing you know, I've learned a little bit on, you know, being in public, which was cool. I got some experience to have, you know, people work below me technically, even though we were at relatively the same level. So, you know, just trying to figure that road out is very difficult. But in your position, I am, yeah, it'll be really interesting to kind of see you kind of you progress through that as well as your company. So maybe, I don't think we'll, maybe we'll hire a producer so that we can have somebody get play on that every <laughs> half hour and uh, potentially make sure we're sounding good, hopefully. So that'll be the next step, I think, in our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there we go. Yep. So do you feel that your college degree, attending college and all that, do you feel like actually going to college was worth it? So for me, yes, it was. And it's because I went that safer path you know i that all of those things going to college getting my master's degree getting my cpa all secured me a job in the corporate world whether i take a leap or i don't so i think for me and even just my sanity uh i needed that um and then on top of that for the career i was going into i think it's i think it's on basically a requirement accounting to me is something that you just need to have basic schooling in even though i don't feel like I necessarily lean on that heavily, but you need that background. And then I'll, I'll be like, especially at my old job when I was, you know, researching the newest accounting principles and trying to get into gap. You know, there was a lot of things that, you know, that were just stuck in my subconscious from going to school. You know, I think the it, it's, I'm interested to hear your side of it as well because you now are working on your own and maybe you don't, you know, spend four years at Whitewater uh, and you kind of just started off right away. Maybe that's different, but you know, for me and for my career path. I think it is. And I think there will always be a place for that, especially whether it's doctors, even lawyers, accountants, you know, there are, there are certain professions that I feel like 
will always require that track. And even if you are going to be, you know, the next Gary Vee or, you know, the next Tony Robbins, you kind of would want to have, if this is what you like, that's what you'll have to have in the background, you know? Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. And like, you, you definitely need to do a college degree if you're looking to be yeah. in accounting, get your CPI and all that stuff. For sure. It is a requirement. What about you? Uh, for me, it's weird. I go back and forth with myself on yeah. this one, actually. So like, do I regret it? I don't want to be like cliche and say, like, I don't ever want to regret anything, you know, but I don't think I regret it. I think, uh, I think it was important for me as a person to go to college and learn how to be like self-sufficient on my own, mm -hmm. being able to manage my home workload on my own, going to class, you know, making the decision to go to class. Because I mean, you went to Whitewater, you know how easy it is to just sit in bed, you know, hungover, <laughs> Do not, <laughs> not go to class. <laughs> yes. Even though you only have two glasses a day, like yeah, or a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's. I think it was important for me in those aspects. Sure, I could take it or leave it. Like thinking back on it, like should I have went? You know, it'd be nice not to be in college debt for sure. But at the same time, like I learned a lot. I met a lot of awesome people. Mm -hmm. Like I had a hell of a time. You know, like that. You got to talk about that. I mean, yeah. I've lived on campus all four years, yep. well, off campus, but, you know, at Whitewater all four years. And I wouldn't trade that for anything, but, like, the debt, I would definitely trade back. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> so it's a weird one with me because I don't obviously need it now. Right. But I had a job for two years, and maybe if I didn't have that job or those jobs for the first two years, maybe I would be thinking now, like, oh, man, I, I messed up. Sure. You know, now I know that I didn't. Do you think you feel safer at all because you have a college degree? Yeah, 100%. So maybe that kind of helps you? At least you have a little bit of peace yeah. of mind there? Well, I know now for sure, like, if I ever need to get a corporate job, like if I need to go find something for a little bit to just save money, like, sure, I can do that. That you is know? true. You do always have that in your back pocket. Right. What, and this kind of this question spurred in my head uh, while you're talking. What was the hardest transition from college to the real world for you? <laughs> Monday to Friday. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Legit. Like I had Monday to Thursday classes every single year, except one semester. Okay. You know, it's that a four day to five day weekday. It's, I, mean, I think actually more of what it is a two day to three day weekend. Like, that's a big change. I guess a three day to two day, like not having those three days off, not being able to skip a class like randomly, not mm -hmm. like going out on a Monday. Like that happens now, but you pay for it hard on a Tuesday. Oh yeah. You know, like, and it just happens nearly like it's a fraction, small fraction of, of what it used to back then. You know, all you can drink Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like back in Whitewater, it was, uh, so it was, it was dimers on Tuesdays. Yep. And then our last half of the year was like, it was ground zero. So then it was, it was a pub, all you could drink Wednesdays. Yep. And then it was ground zero, all you could drink Thursdays. Yep. And then it was Friday, Saturday. Yep. And so then, you were going out Friday to Saturday. And then random Sunday during football season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sometimes, like, I had a pool week, uh, so that was Monday night, so I yep. bar then. No days off. Dart Lake, Dart Lake was Tuesdays, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was aggressive schedule for me. Yeah. <laughs> My liver definitely thanks me that college is done. <laughs> I finally kind of settled on that. I think mine was the same thing. It was just kind of like, I would say, I was, I was chasing the party, definitely, of, like, like, oh, this is what, you know, I've been doing for the last, I went, I was at five years to get me on my master's. So, right. so I was doing for five years. And I think it's also like the, the responsibility that you have to put on yourself and the accountability that you have to take on a lot more, I think, because, you know, if you perform poor at your job, it only looks bad on you. 
to a certain extent. So, you know, I think it was that and just realizing that you can't go out and party overnight and finding other things to do that you enjoy and reminding yourself of other things that you like to do. And those are things that I really recently just started to figure out three years later. Yeah, no, it's so important to have those things that yeah. don't heavily involve alcohol. Yes. <laughs> or just heavily involve staying out till 1 or 2 a.m. You know, even yes. if you're, you just got to find obvious, man. It's so important. Like it gets you through the week. Yeah, get you through the week. Uh, make you look forward to the weekend, maybe. If it's golf or something like that. Or right. Anything else. And it's also just keeping, you know, I think the biggest thing also that I've noticed too in my last years is like keeping contact with people that you want to. Yes. And really understand how to manage those relationships. Right. Yeah. It was a simple, you know, stones throw away walk in Whitewater. Yep. Or back home or whatever. Everyone had so much time they had all summer. Mm -hmm. Usually you were working, but usually you had some time off to do stuff. Now it's, you literally have to try and keep those connections. You know, if you're not trying to actually put work into those connections, you don't keep them. No, you know, some of, I mean, my best friend, you know, Nick, like yeah. I see him once every couple months now. And as a kid, he lived next to me as a kid growing up, like my whole life. So it was way easier to see him then. But I mean, it's like you said, just making sure you do keep those connections, still text, talk. Yeah. Even just reaching out every once in a while, you don't talk to him in a couple of weeks. It's like, just text them and say hello or just say, Hey, hope right. everything's going well. Because, right. and then the other thing too, is like planning, like, Oh my yeah. God. Especially like when you want to get together with your friends, right. like, Oh yeah, I think I have like, the ne- third weekend from now, open right. to do something. <laughs> from seven to nine. Yeah. <laughs> seven to nine, Saturday night. That's it. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more tough now. That's that's life now, man. It it's is. a big change. It is. It's a lot of fun. And, I, and for me, anyway, I think I found it becoming more of a challenge, like, and kind of trying to overcome whether it is scheduling or, you know, kind of balancing act to all of your friendships, all of your relationships, and, like, Shoot, if I didn't have my water, I wouldn't be talking with you right now. You know, I wouldn't have some of my best friends. And, you know, yeah, I made some mistakes after college just because of college, I would say, because you get into that routine going out all the time. But yeah. you learn from them, and, and then I think, you know, you become better for it. Right. And that's the time to do it. I mean, you're still young. Liver can still handle it. Liver still, yes. <laughs> and now yes. you have money to be able to do it. Yep. That Which, was the other problem. Like, yeah. you know, like wow, I can actually go out. Yeah. Uh, it was way different, though, buying $8 drinks supposed to, like, Dollar drinks, yes, or dollar shots compared to seven, eight dollar shots. Yep, one hundred percent. And then on top of all, then you also have like your happy hours, like especially like you do those, especially when you're younger, like right out of college. It just seems to be the natural progression of things of like, oh, so we're at a happy hour now, so now I'll just drink until midnight. And like, <laughs> can't do that. All right. You really gotta be like, if you're gonna go, like two beers and then right. go home. Or at least there's a coworker that was doing the exact same. Yes, that is true. (laughs) And then you two get each other in trouble. I've definitely been in that. (laughs) Um, But all right, I think this is a pretty good first episode. Uh, Next week or next time, uh, next episode, we will have my boss's boss on, Steve Elsasser, who's kind of been around the block in a bunch of different industries, uh, a bunch of different careers. And I'm excited to get him on here and really kind of talk through, you know, his career path, his choices for that, and uh, kind of what brought him here, and, and kind of a lot of the same things that we talked, but maybe different points of view as well as hopefully different questions. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm glad we were able to get this going. Anything else you want to add and leave for the people? Uh, I mean, just that I'm excited to get this going, to actually start interviewing new people, to learn their perspectives on things. I'm sure I'll still learn a lot from all these people we're going to be talking to. So, um, I'm just as excited as hopeful our hopeful listeners are too. Yes. Uh, and we appreciate you listening. Catch us everywhere you can. 
find a podcast. If you do like it, subscribe, like it, share it, please, on everything that you possibly can. We appreciate it. Uh, And then, yeah, we'll see you in episode two. Cheers. See you.